Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey! Geek Buddies in the house! Um, yeah, that's what I do now. That's wow, what, yeah. Is that, is that a new thing? Yeah. We didn't thing. get the memo on that. Yeah, well, you know, I feel things and then I do them. <laughs> okay. It gets All me right. in trouble in my relationship sometimes, but this is my life. You do you. you, you, do you. <laughs> We're back together again and to talk about a bunch of topics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Um, there's a lot of diehard fans of ours that, every week. They're downloading us and talking to us, tweeting at us. Um, I can't encourage you all enough to uh, retweet these episodes, share these episodes uh, with you people you know, as we keep growing this buddy's database. Uh, I am John Roca. I'm a writer, producer, and host over at Collider and the co-host of the Top Ten Show, co-host of the Cinephiles, and proud host of the Deep Cut over on the Collider Conversations feed. Uh, I am Michael Vogel. I am a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and I'm usually the one that tells you to uh, retweet us and stuff at the end of the podcast, but I guess I'm not going to do that today because John already did it. (laughs) Hey, this is Shannon McClung. <laughs> I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on 911, Silicon Valley, and Teen Wolf. I'm also the one who tells you where you can find us, but John didn't take that responsibility away from me, so I'm going oh to do it later. You hold on to that. Hold on to it tight. Yeah. He just does what he feels sometimes. You don't know what's going to happen. Just because it feels good. It's the yeah. wild, wild west out here. <laughs> if, I re- if I remembered what the social media accounts were, I would have done it. Or the wild, wild east. Oh, hello. Oh, <laughs> nice. He's making a samurai western joke. Oh, and that's funny. Expense, yeah. That was good. It's one of those time joke, time bomb jokes. We just wait for it, and then it goes off. Uh, anyway. How's the uh, how's the uh, samurai western thing going on Twitter? <laughs> I feel I, I I put out a thread where I explained to myself after that Devin Faraci idiot put put my shit up on there on blast. What did he say about you? He just said, uh, uh, "I don't think this guy's." Remember that guy who said this stuff about Sam? He's not gonna like this next next episode. It's titled "The Gunslinger." And so I was like, "All right, fuck stick." And so I created. <laughs> A whole thread where I said, here's what happened. I made a mistake by not putting that word only on there. I take ownership of that mistake, but I still stand by what I said before. And I had screen grabs that I had said it was a Western and Samurai show. 
I just felt – I still feel it's more samurai than Western. But that's me. So uh, – but people still come in occasionally with little comments. Like I posted this morning about that new PlayStation game that's coming out, uh, the samurai game that might be coming out either next year or two years from now. But they released a mini trailer for it. Um, God, I can't remember the name of it. Something Ghost of Samushi or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, it was a, it's a samurai game. I posted it. Without fail, the last <laughs> comment on the on the of the comments was, "Is this a western or is this a?" And I was like, "God damn it! It won't ever end." I mean, I just feel like I'm really excited that I have a new thing to make fun of you for that I can like make these jokes for like the next ten years. I know you can, and I will. I know you will. You'll well, relish yeah, it when you posted that uh, that drawing, that sketch of the Mandalorian yeah. dressed up like a samurai. I mean, I'm never, you know, I'm never going to do the social media right. thing. But but I was just like, ooh, note to self: ask John why he wasn't wearing a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just like to walk into it now because I don't care because I know what I really said. I know and I know what I meant and I know what I had tweeted before. So you know, I'm covered. There's evidence. I have receipts. All right. As he brought the receipts. Say. He brought the receipts. <laughs> As the kids say nowadays. Um, uh, for those of you who are new to the show, thank you so much for taking a chance on us and welcome aboard. For those of you who've been riding on the train with us for quite some time, thank you so much for coming back. Toot toot, motherfuckers. <laughs> toot toot. <laughs> Is that what the sound a train makes? I mean, toot toot. Yeah, right. I love it. <laughs> Toot toot, motherfucker! It is. Toot toot, um, motherfucker! That's, <laughs> obviously, that's you sound, what. I, you sound like that guy from Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Steamboat Philly. Toot toot. <laughs> wow. What? Who was that in Saving Private Ryan? Wow. No, right, the guy, the, uh-huh. the, the German guy yeah. that they were oh, that Jeremy sure. Davies. He was digging the grave. Oh, right. And he was talking about. I like American Steamboat Philly. Toot toot. Oh right, yeah. Oof. You went all the way around. You just really took it to a dark place. I don't know. That's, don't not, like a, that's not a John You compared I, him to a Nazi. Uh, yeah. He's Jewish. No, you no, can't no. compare him to we a don't Nazi. Know that, we don't know that one soldier was a Nazi. <laughs> okay. I mean, what? Just, he didn't have the red thing on. <laughs> it was World War II. He was German. Wow. <laughs> what are you talking about? Wow. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, I was. I, I, I randomly do that in the in the car sometimes when I'm driving. I'll go, you didn't. You didn't. Which is what Goldberg does, right? When he's like, well, oh, at the, after all the Nazis are yeah, walking yeah, by, yeah. he's like making, he's like putting it in their face, you know, you didn't, you didn't. And you just say that randomly sometimes when you're alone in the car? Yeah, sometimes. I say random shit when I'm driving alone. I've actually heard you say that before. Yeah, see? <laughs> it just comes out. Don't you say random things when you're driving around? Just make some kind of quote. Yeah, just toot toot. Toot toot. That's not random. That was very apt. <laughs> I will say, I will say for everybody listening, I do think one of the funniest things that ever happened was when you and I were living together oh, yeah. in our first apartment in Los Angeles. We didn't have a second one. Okay. <laughs> when you and I were living together in Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, I came home one day. Yeah. And I was making some food in the kitchen, and I heard you talking to somebody upstairs, and you were having a very animated conversation. Oh, yeah. And you were like, no, no, of course. Exactly. That's what I mean. Exactly. And I was like, I wonder who's here. And then I made my sandwich, and I walked upstairs, and I realized that you were alone in your room, mm-hmm. and you were just talking to yourself. Yes. 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 At those ti- at that time, that's what I did, right? To negotiate things. I would have conversations with myself about things <laughs> out loud, because I thought it would be weird to have it in your head. So I would have them out. Sure, loud. sure. That's the weird part. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. You still occasionally do that in movies. Oh, when, when, when there's a turn. Not as much as you used to. Right. But occasionally. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. I, yeah, yes, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, people, people don't know. I used to like, whenever there was a twist, I go, yes, of course. And make it seem as if. But you two do the same thing in a different way now. You two, when a thing happens, you both lean in. 
We are really paying attention to the movie. That's not You're verbal. Bo- <laughs> That's, uh, I, it's the same thing. I will tell you that when uh, I was just recently in New York, as you yes. guys know, because we did an episode where I was in New York, and yeah. uh, me and our two friends, Jonathan and Paul, went to go see Frozen 2 on Friday morning in New York City. And when the movie got done, this older woman behind us leaned forward and said, I just want you to know that it was very enjoyable watching this movie behind you. (laughs) (laughs) I was very touched. I was glad that I added to her movie-going experience. It wasn't Shane? No, she was very happy about it. What was the crowd like for Frozen 2 on a Friday morning in New York? Yeah. Exactly what you would think uh, a Friday morning crowd in New York City (laughs) it would be. It was – was not cute and adorable. Let's oh, say that. Oh, right. I would love to yell and scream. You go, Elsa. <laughs> you let it go. You let it go. Don't tell her to let it go. Uh. <laughs> Snowman. <laughs> Snowman. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. I've been in New York for that. That would have been funny. Uh, <laughs> anyway. For those of you who are new, as I said, and for those of you who are not new, you know, uh, uh, this is how the show works. We each bring up a geek news item. We talk about it for a little bit, move on to a next one. We do uh, three of those, uh, one for each of us, and then we jump into our main topic. And today our main topic is, man, we just can't not talk about this, and that's that New York York Times article about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi and some of the quotes that were parceled out and turned into clickbait and caused the internet the internet to catch a flame all anew about the last jedi and then of course the john boyega quote really is the big one where they were using it using it to go uh, to say that he was making fun or uh being disrespectful to kelly marie tran and i saw him getting into back and forth with people of note uh, and um, uh, verified accounts on Twitter. So this is a real thing. So we're going to talk about all of that on the back end of the show. But first, uh, let's get into our uh, Geek News items, yes? Yes, yes sir. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Well, the first thing, I'll start off here, and that's the Wonder Woman trailer, 1984. Wow. Oh, Welcome yeah. to the 80s, people. <laughs> this was an awesome, awesome trailer. Really enjoyed so much of the uh, the 80s feel of it. The music, obviously, the Blue Monday New Order music. And for those of you who are bitching, saying it couldn't have come out in 1984, the music, yeah, actually, the song was dropped in 1983, so suck it. Uh, and uh, I like the fact that you got so much more of her backstory. She is so in command of this character now, so confident. What backstory? I, I mean, the ba- oh, sorry, I'm sorry, the cheetah backstory, where we see oh, like, yes, what their yes, relationship yes, yes, is. Yes. I apologize. Absolutely. Once again, dropping a word I need to add into sentences. <laughs> <It's> important. <laughs> the backstory <laughs> so, <yeah>. of cheetah. <laughs> of cheetah, right. Which I'm st- – I- I was a little upset that we didn't get any allusion to Cheetah at all in the trailer. Just that she's an archaeologist, clearly, and she makes some kind of change because she's very confident. I like but it. It's the first in the trailer. Black I was getting, first I was getting trailer, some though. real, and I mean this in the most positive way, sure. I was getting some real Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena Kyle, Batman Returns oh, vibes, and I liked it. I'll tell you how good this trailer was. Okay. This, I have heard from multiple sources mm-hmm. that this movie is not great. I, I've heard from multiple sources what? that it is going to – if you loved the first Wonder Woman, it's going to disappoint you. Oh, it's, no. The story is a mess. Now, look. A lot of that stuff oftentimes can be true. Right, and right, by right. the time the movie comes out, they've fixed a lot of things. That's what reshoots are for. That's yes. what a lot – But screenings are for. Um, the trailer was so good that I've been sort of like, Ugh, I'm not super excited about Wonder Woman 84 here. Right. It's not great. And that trailer, despite everything that I've heard – has me super excited. That's how good that trailer was. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it what was it two comic cons ago when origi- what originally it was supposed to come out this past November. Yeah. Yeah. Um so 
two Comic Cons ago, they showed uh, a little bit of footage that they uh, that they had just shot. It was an action scene in that mall, in the which mall. we see in the trailer. Right. And granted, everything was being shown completely out of context. They had just done it, but there was a vibe from that footage of, ooh, this is different. Yeah. Something doesn't feel right. And not in a good way. Not in a good way. Right, right, But right. as Mike said, I mean, it, it you know, movies take a long time to make and the mm-hmm. editing process, you can completely change a movie. So watching the trailer, I, I'm with you guys. I'm like, oh, this is so much this is a blast right, right now. Right. And way back when, before the first Wonder Woman came uh, movie came out, there were rumors that it is a mess, it is it's it's right. not that is true. I, I yeah. do remember hearing that as yeah. well. So that is yeah. true. And granted, your sources are probably folks that you know. Um, I would hope so. The other was a source, you know, that was the internet. Yeah. Um, right. But again, things can change. It doesn't come out until what, June? And, yeah. And also to your point, though, that <laughs> Comic-Con footage that they showed two yep. Comic-Cons ago did look really different because this trailer does look really different yeah. because this trailer is going full 80s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're clearly, and, you know, in, in, a, in a positive way, I think, taking a cue from what Taika Waititi did with Ragnarok. Right. Uh, where you can take an existing character and you can place them in a very different context with a very different vibe. Yeah. And if the story is strong, it works. Like I think the thing that this trailer showed is the 80s vibe in this movie is going to look fabulous. Yeah. The movie looks great. Kristen Wiig looks awesome. Like right. whatever she's doing, I'm already kind of into it. I'm sold. It really is now dependent on the story. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm intrigued. Like I'm super, super excited. Also – and we're going to get to this in a minute with our next bit of geek news. It's just very nice when everyone on the internet agrees. <laughs> so it was just very nice that, like, just the internet on the whole yeah. likes this trailer. Yeah. And thank God because it's one less thing for us all to fight about. I agree. So <laughs> for the moment, let's just all breathe a great sigh of relief mm-hmm. that the internet agrees on Wonder Woman yeah. today. Agreed. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that we get um, Pedro Pascal playing essentially playing Maxwell Lord essentially like he's like Tommy Vu or, or An- Anthony Robbins or whatever that guy's name is who does all those uh, infomercials to pump people up. You can make your dreams come true. The motivational the, speaker. Yeah, the real estate mogul yeah. guys from the 80s. <laughs> that shit is the, what I grew up on when I could stay up late past 11 o'clock, you would flip on those channels and see those guys going like, you could have the houses that I have. You could have the boats that I have. All you have to do is believe in yourself and follow my plan for just five installments of seventy nine ninety five. Oh, you too. Like, it was the 80s. That was big in the 80s. What did you think about some of the commentary, though? I'm asking you guys this, that the trash moment, the receptacle moment is Patty Jenkins or Gal Gadot or the makers of the film or Warner Brothers – Saying that that is the Zack Snyder verse. Oh, I don't see that. That is such a stupid stretch. Yeah, people were saying this on the internet afterwards. Like, is she, when they say, oh no, that's just trash. That's just trash. Is that their way of saying no. that the Just League and all those, the whole Snyder is trash? Like, that's just trash. No. It's not art, it's trash. No. That's what they're, yeah. That's are a you, stretch. Hold on. I'm not joking. This are was you kidding all me? All over Twitter. Yes. Everything I just said about everyone agreeing about the Wonder Woman trailer, <laughs> I now I'm going to take back because Jesus Christ, even this. Like, look, guys. Guess what? Warner Brothers. There. This is like this. Is, there's not some massive conspiracy. Yeah. Nobody cares about the Zack Snyder cut and the Zack Snyderverse as much as people on Twitter do. Yes. 
Everyone on Twitter cares about it more than any of the actors in those movies, anyone at Warner Brothers. Mm. Everyone is just trying to make a good movie. I am assuming that that is the end of a run of a joke where she is taking Steve around and showing him yeah, all the cool art. stuff. Yeah. Here's what modern art is. Yeah. It's a new thing. Oh, and he's like, yes, this is lovely. And she's right. like, no, no, that's a garbage can. That's the joke. Right. It is not some secret commentary. Oh, my God. I literally I can't. <laughs> I don't know if I can do the rest of this podcast today. I think I'm. I think I'm done. I think I'm interneted out. <laughs> I hope we get him gassed here. Yeah, gassed so for the next. Oh. Two, two, bitch. You on for the rest of the ride? <laughs> no, it's and now, one last thing. I think I like the twist that it's Steve who's out of fish out of water now. Yeah, and not Diana. I, mean, yeah. I like now, that. Do we have? I mean, th- this is no spoilers because there's yeah. literally no context to yeah. this. But do we have any ideas as to why? He's back. Steve is back. I think Cheetah finds out about Steve in her friendship with Diana and uses that thing that Maxwell Lord has on his desk that he's holding to bring Steve back to fuck with Diana. I I agree with you, but I don't think she's doing it for malicious purposes. I think she's okay. doing it because like I, I'm trying to help my friend oh, out. Oh, right. And then maybe Diana turns on that, and that's part of the piece of the puzzle of her turning on Diana. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I still am leaning okay. on Greek gods. Okay. I think like when you have like Greek god not that any not that mm. we know any confirmed Greek gods in this movie or not, but in typical yeah. Wonder Woman fashion, it's like when you're dealing with the gods of Olympus, death is a death right. is a revolving doorway more than a final thing. So uh, but do you think they would have Maxwell Lord as like a god's disguise? Yeah, it that's, seems like, that's it seems I don't, like they I'm wouldn't not, waste that character. I'm for not that. saying Maxwell Lord is a god. Okay. I'm saying – and look, that, it, it, that may, it may be more complicated than that. You guys might have a way more – that might be the way they go. Mm-hmm. But just in general, when I've been asked about it, even before this trailer, I don't think Maxwell Lord is a god in disguise. I'm just thinking that like, you know, did the gods bring Steve back and then Maxwell Lord mm-hmm. uses that against Diana in some way? Like I don't – I just think that there is like I'm – cur- I'm curious as to what it is. I, I, I don't think – I'm not banking anything on it. It's definitely Greek gods. Right, it's right. just – Another avenue that's easy to go to in the world of Wonder Woman. Because I'm about to tweet that, so I just want to make sure that you're, you're solid on this. Uh, One of the pundits I and I uh, hang out with and talk sometimes about this stuff. He said the same thing that Maxwell Lord could be. I forget the god that is that's supposed to give you your wishes or you know help help you make your wishes come true. Or whatever I forget what the god Will is. Will Smith. Yeah, Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you something. If they cross that universe, <laughs> Aladdin and Wonder Woman. That's a comic book I would read. Um, and then do you like the Kingdom Come armor? Did you like that showing up at the end of the trailer? I did. Yeah, right? It was badass. <laughs> Anytime Kingdom Come shows up, as I learned this week with Crisis, I get very excited. Yeah. I'm going to have to catch up. I missed the screening. Um, all right. Let's move on to our next um, next Geek trailer. Design. Yeah, our next trailer because this week is a trailer episode. It is. So uh, yeah, the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife just dropped. Yes. Um, directed by Jason Reitman, taking over the reins from his dad Ivan. The apparently they have most. Uh, they have all of the cast back, with the yeah. exception of you know the departed Harold Ramis. Um, a lot of people had a strong reaction to this trailer. Yeah. Um, None but, of the cast shows up, right? No. Not in the trailer, no. Okay. Um, more so than possibly the uh, the female-led Ghostbusters that came out a couple of years ago. People have very strong, passionate uh, responses to this trailer. I have feelings, but I would like to hear what you guys have to say first. I like the trailer. I thought this was an inventive way to bring this back. Someone mentioned that it feels like Force Awakens, and I was like, that's actually a good comparison to me. It is something new that still has a foot or at least a toe 
in the old stuff, because we have the uh, ectoplasm, whatever it is that captures the ghosts, that thing. Paul Rudd being the comic relief. We have the Ghostbusters outfits. I think it's Venkman, right? Isn't that what she says? Well, it's a Spangler. Oh, Spangler. Sorry, Spangler. Spangler. So that's her dad. Um, and um, and I like the fact that the, there's a little bit of a horror element to this, and it's out in the middle of the small town. What does it mean? Blah, blah, blah. So to me, I enjoy it as a new take versus the uh, Paul Feig version, which I thought was just a rehash with women instead of men uh, of the original Ghostbusters. I think this is something new that will get uh, the demographic they want to get in the theater to get into this franchise. Yeah, I loved the trailer. Yeah. Like, I loved it. Uh, and I I think, and I was talking to somebody about this this week, like, look, whether you like it or not, we live in this era of rebooting past brands and franchises mm-hmm. from our childhood. So that's where we are. So once you accept, if you don't like that, just don't go see these movies. Right. But the question is how to do it the right way. And it's a hard thing because on the one hand, you are trying to create something new that a new audience, a new young audience is going to say, oh, this is ours. We like this. And at the same time, you're trying to pay respect and reverence to what the original source material was and please the people that loved it originally. Like you want this to be a multi-generational thing. I think Star Wars uh, Force Awakens is a great example of a thing that did both. It captured the magic of what Star Wars felt like, but it gave new kids. Kids, a new group of characters that they could call their own. That's how I felt about this trailer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think the biggest issue with the female-led Ghostbusters was not the females because I thought they were all fantastic. No, yeah, they were all good. Um, but what made the original Ghostbusters so wonderful was the fact that you had some of the funniest guys in entertainment sure. at the time uh, doing their funny shtick. In a movie where the bad guys and the ghosts, there was an actual real mythology. Yes. And the ghosts were actually scary and threatening. Right. And I think when you got to like the Paul Feig version, the ghosts were a little silly and the villain was kind of dumb. Right. Um, this movie is doing exactly what Force Awakens is doing. Is it's pulling from like, look, unfortunately, we don't get to have Harold Ramis. So right. I think having the fact that it's clearly his family yeah. uh, and his kids um, – Based on the trailer, yeah. it like it, it gives us a way of having Egon there without Egon being there, which I think is really lovely. We know the rest of the cast is coming in, so that's as the characters they originally played. Yep. So that's awesome. And then there's just these little nods, even in the trailer, like it's the Shandor Mine, uh, the Shandor Mine or the Shandor Mining Company. Right. And for those that don't know, uh, the building that Sigourney Weaver lived in in the first Ghostbusters is the Shandor Building yep. because it was built by this guy to bring Gozer. So clearly, if you're going into a Shandor Mine. Gozer's playing into it. We see the foot of a death dog. Uh, we see the right. Ecto One. Yeah. Um, we see the ghost trap. I think we. I think we even see like what looks like Slimer really yes. quickly coming out of the well. So, yeah. um, so that all speaks to me that this movie is taking the actual mythology right. from Tobin's Spirit Guide that <laughs> Egon and Ray were all into in the first movie and Gozer and the coming of Gozer and everything right. and bringing that into it, which means they're not just like throwing everything out the window and just doing, hey, here's a new scariest thing with young kids. Like right. It seems like it actually is taking what happened in the first Ghostbusters movie and giving us the original cast but giving us a new group of characters to love as well. Right. And that is the Force Awakens formula. So I was very, very into it. Good one. Shannon. So I actually thought it was a really good trailer. Okay. Um, my only, my only uh, issue, and this does not, this is not a condemna- uh, condemnation on the franchise. Mm. I'm certainly going to go see it. Um, was that Ghostbusters first and foremost was a comedy, 
And there's no funny in that trailer. Now, I know you said, like, Paul Rudd yeah, is the Paul comic. Rudd was funny. He yeah. didn't do anything funny. He didn't have any jokes. When he dropped the trap, that was funny. Well, <laughs> he, he dropped the trap because something flew out of yeah, it. Yeah, because he was scared. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, that's, that's my big thing. I think you take the classic Ghostbusters stuff that they used from the, from the first two movies. If you take the Ecto out, if you take um, – you know, you, you get to see the jumpsuits. I'm like, this looks like a Stranger Things-like movie. Mm. Now, that's not my saying that it can't be good or that it's not going to be good. Right. That, but that's – it just didn't feel like Ghostbusters to me. I mean, I think they're, they're relying on stuff that they've used in the past um, without capturing that tone. Now, granted, this is the first trailer. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. there's a lot to come. Fair point. But that's, that's my only – and I won't even call it a hesitation. That's just my only issue. Was like, oh, I wish we'd had something funny. Well, you told me the other day. Also, felt like Spengler would never have had a family. Not to me. I mean, mm-hmm. Egon was the brain. Like, I don't feel like he would have a house. I out mean, in... Egon also hit it with uh, no. Janine. Janine. No, he didn't. Janine no, did he didn't. it with Rick Moranis. No, she liked him. And oh, that was right. just yeah, in the first movie. Yeah, I felt oh, right. I made the same mistake when right. we were talking Egon, about it. Egon was the intellect. Like, yeah, he, but, uh, he was never the romantic. Yeah, but the nerds nerds became cool. So I, I could totally believe him. Of all of them, of all of them, sure. him being the one that finds someone to settle down with. I yeah, mean, yeah, nerds became cool. Winston has love, I'm sure. Well, wait, oh, I think Winston was already <laughs> married before he joined Winston, the Ghostbusters. Winston thought they were all crazy to begin with. Yes. Winston was like, how did I get into this job? Right. But Egon didn't have a lady because he didn't want one because Janine is clearly throwing herself at him in right. the first movie. He right. d- he didn't have a lady because he wasn't interested. Well, well we all settled Regardless, down, I think we yep. can all agree that the fact that he could have possibly fallen in love at some point is vital. Viable in the world. We yeah. know some people that are in relationships that we don't know how they got there. <laughs> no names. They're probably listening. Okay. Um, but uh, now everyone's like, is he talking about me? Yeah. Is he talking about me right now? <laughs> um, but I, so I hear what you're saying about the comedy. It's sort of, but that gets back to what I was saying about the tone. Like, yeah. I, and maybe I could be wrong. Like, if we go see this movie and it's just not funny at all, I can see being like, that was a really fun, scary movie. That wasn't Ghostbusters. I completely agree yeah. with that. I think the fact that Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and everybody are in it and Paul Rudd is your main lead. Like I am less worried when it comes to a Ghostbusters movie. I'm never worried about them being funny. I'm worried about the story being cool and good and the ghosts being scary because that to, – to, to my point, that seems to be the part that people always miss. They think that Ghostbusters – oh, it's Ghostbusters. It's got to be funny. Funny mm-hmm. with ghosts. But Ghostbusters was funny with ghosts that were scary. Right, right. And that's the part that always gets missed and that's the missing sauce in Ghostbusters. So the fact that this came out and I'm like, oh, this looks like they legit have a good ghost story. I'm yeah. like, all right. I'm good. Granted, it's the teaser. So we have more to come and uh, I'm excited to see. But I will say this is one of those things where I got on Twitter and I was like, I can't. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate what you are saying about it wasn't funny enough for me. I'm cautious about that. That is a concern. It was a cool trailer. I would like it to be funny. That's an actual conversation. When the teaser trailer comes out and every clickbait article on my Facebook feed is Ghostbusters trailer is a disaster. This is awful. Twitter – Goes into uproar over Ghostbusters. I'm like, yeah, guys, <laughs> I think we all need to take like a really big deep breath. Yeah. I, and I didn't know. <coughs> and I'll say this again. And I said the same thing when the um, uh, female version of Ghostbusters was. In it. I didn't know there was this massively nutty fandom for the go- for Ghostbusters. Let me tell you something. I was there. OK. When it came out, when it premiered, when the theater, I went with my family to see this thing. People love the movie. 
But no one was fucking insane for this movie like Star Wars or even Star Trek or like the MCU or DC now. It was a fun movie. The sequel didn't work that well. And then people moved on with their lives. And then it was a TV series. It was an animated series. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea that it had this kind of nutty fandom. What are you saying? Are you saying that Vigo the Carpathian (laughs) and the dancing slime and the Statue of Liberty didn't work for you? It did not. The, The ooze under the city? The river of slime? Slime! It's a river of slime. (laughs) It's Vigo. 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 Peter McDickle's greatest (laughs) performance. Agreed. Where's the Dana? Where is the Doesn't that sound nice? It's Vigo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jackie Wilson. Your love is lifting me higher, being the thing that changes everything. It was a funny. It was a fun ending. Not a funny ending. It was a fun ending. But Ghostbusters, the original film, is incredible. It's a yeah, it's really great. good film. And because, like you said, Mike, it has a kind of – it has a drama. It has stakes. It has legitimate terror and fear. When that thing bursts, that uh, kind of gargoyle thing bursts out of the door of that apartment. The demon oh, dog. With, the demon dog. That is some scary-ass shit. With yeah. Lewis. <laughs> and even when the, the woman shows up with the short haircut who's the – like Zoozer. Zoozer. Zool. 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 When Zool shows up, she is scary as balls. So – it's only until they go to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man that a little bit of the edge is taken off of the of the and that's where I mean, Ghostbusters did such a great job with it. And but that's the thing I'm talking about mm-hmm. is they did such a great job of like getting you right to the point where it should be scary, yeah. And then something really funny happens, right, right? And they that was the balance of what Ghostbusters was. And I think in more recent versions of trying to capture that magic, it goes well. This isn't working. Let's be funnier, funnier, fun. Let's make the ghosts funnier. Yeah. Let's make this funnier. So to me. What what bothered you about the trailer actually was what worked for me. But I'm hoping that when we get to the next the, – the full trailer down the line, maybe yeah. hopefully we'll get a better balance of both. Yeah, we'll see. All right. What's our next thing? In the Heights. <laughs> uh, to uh, Today, because uh, yes. we're recording this on Thursday. Yes. Um, is today Thursday? Today, today is Thursday. Today is Thursday. Currently still Thursday. Uh, so when you listen to this, it's already been out for a day or so. But uh, mm-hmm. In the Heights dropped today. Yep. The Lin-Manuel Miranda Broadway musical uh, being made into a movie um, directed by John Chu, released by Warner Brothers. John M. Chu. John no, M. Chu. Not John Chu. John M. Chu. I want to make sure that's clear. Um, so the trailer dropped today. It was a musical extravaganza. Yep. There was dancing. There was singing. Uh, I know what I thought about it, but like Shannon... I would like to hear your thoughts first. I'm going to jump in real quick because I imagine John has some stuff to say. Uh, no, please. <laughs> um, having n- very little knowledge of what the musical is about other than the fact it's Washington Heights, right? Washington yeah. Heights. Yeah. I mean, other than other than just kind of knowing where it takes place, I don't know. I thought it looked uh, delightful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought the music was very, very catchy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it looked like it was staged really well. I mean, I – don't necessarily like choose direction when he's not doing a musical. Yeah. Um, but I think this is probably the type of thing that he is. You're not a fan of Crazy Rich Asians? I, I didn't like Crazy Rich Asians. Really? I, I like the beginning. There are some people who didn't like it though. I, I like the beginning. Well, yeah. But then it gets too it gets a little too drama y for me. I'm like, ah, this is now it's it's become not the rom com that I thought it was gonna be. Um But that's t- Okay, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And it, sorry, we'll, we'll talk about Crazy Rich Asians another day. Continue, <laughs> in the heights. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought I thought it looked like it was filmed beautifully. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that I wouldn't put it on my top ten things that I'm looking forward to necessarily, but I'm certainly going to go see it. Yeah. Okay, Johnny. This is tough for me. It's the starter's pistol. Yeah, this is tough for me because I, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda is one of the most talented people on the planet. 
certainly just crossed 3 million followers on Twitter. Man's a ball of positivity on Twitter. Um, he's an essential essence in the world. Uh, I think a lot of people loved, obviously, Hamilton. Obviously loved in the Heights. It's just not my cup of tea. The spoken word rap musical stuff, it just is, does not work for me. Uh, and you got you guys have played me the soundtrack before. Uh, uh, certainly, Josh and Amber. So you don't played. like Hamilton either? I don't. Uh, uh, to me, I make fun of it. Sometimes. The First Amendment. And to me, it's just it's not my jam. It's not my jam. And so, seeing this in the film, seeing the trailer though, the trailer looks very well done. Or the film itself, rather, from the trailer looks very. The, I love that Jimmy Smith is in this. I love that uh, the dude from uh, the uh, Dr. Dre dude from yeah. Straight of Compton's in this thing. I love the the vibrancy, the joy, and I love that this is a Latino production and Puerto Ricans and all this kind. Of, like I'm such a Washington Heights. I think I'm such a fan of this, right? And ter- existing, but it did nothing for me. The trailer, absolutely nothing, and I I feel sad about that. But they don't need my money. There's going to be enough people going to see this. Let thing. me ask you a question. Have you seen Hamilton? I have not seen Hamilton. And you have you seen In the Heights? I have not seen In the Heights. So this is like a rent situation again. When we were in London together in college. I do not approve of this comment going You <laughs> did not like rent. You said you didn't need to see a show about, about a bunch of. No, wait a minute now. <laughs> Quote me correctly now. What did you say? I don't know. What do you think I said? And I'll correct it. I think you said. <laughs> I don't need to see a bunch of whiny white people in New York crying about. No. What I no? said was I didn't want to see a, a, a musical about AIDS. That's depressing. And it made no sense to me. OK, and, fair. Yeah. And everybody dancing around singing about AIDS. That makes no sense to me. And then I said, OK, I'll make you a deal. Yeah. It's playing a block and a half away. I will buy your ticket mm-hmm. and we'll go see it. That way, if you don't like it, you didn't lose out on any money. Yeah. And you said, OK. Yeah. And then we went and saw it. And seven. what happened? And we saw it like seven times. And we saw it like seven times. <laughs> <laughs> so what I would say to you is yeah. – uh, I loved it. I, love I, I still love it. I hear what you're saying that if you're a fan of musicals yeah. and you've never re- – because I think if you just hear uh, a song from In the Heights or from Hamilton mm-hmm. out of context and you just hear the spoken word, the rapping, everything, you're like yeah. – oh, you, you experience it more as like this is the gimmick. This is like the thing that they're doing to make it different or stand out. Um, and when you – experience the entirety of the show or you watch Hamilton or you watch In the Heights, yeah. um, it's a very different experience. And I I, I can say 100% that if I took you to see Hamilton, yeah. you would lose your shit. In the Heights, I think you would probably really like. I know you would lose your shit for Hamilton. Okay. Um, so I think that I'm curious to see – what I'm curious about is I love the show. Yeah. I'm curious to see how they translate it. Like one of the biggest issues with musicals is musicals are long. Yes. They have a ton of dialogue. They have a ton of music, and you can't. Nobody wants to watch, you know, uh, a three and a half hour yeah. movie. Yeah. So, what gets cut? How do you move stuff around? How do you rearrange things? Is a big question for me. But just looking at the choreography that they're doing, the way they're staging things. There's that one shot where uh, the two couples, Nina, the the one couple, Nina and Benny, are like running up the side of a wall mm-hmm. dancing. There's the big musical number in like the public pool. Like, yeah. it just looks like a spectacle. So, I'm super super excited. And I'm going to take you to see it, and we'll watch it together, and then we'll do a live uh, oh. a live uh, broadcast after. I actually might take you to a screening. Hey. So, You're going to take me. Yeah. I'm going to take, take you. <laughs> and it'll be free. <laughs> you won't have to pay a dime. Uh, 
Because you shouldn't pay for the movies anyway. Uh, nice, no, thanks, I, Bernie. <laughs> in my, if you vote for me. Free college, oh, free oh, movies. Free college, free movies, opening night. After that, you pay yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm looking forward to Ladies it. Ladies and gentlemen, our special guest on the Geek Buddies, Bernie Sanders. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? So, Bernie, uh, what did you think of the In the Heights trailer? I love the Puerto Ricans. They're my favorite people in the world. <laughs> I was just in Washington Heights having a rally. They are coming out to vote for me for president. Uh, me gusta. Wow. I am so honored. So Have you ever tried a plantain? A plantain? Fantastic. It's delicious. Melts in your mouth. The right ones. The right ones. Wow. Jimmy Smith's my favorite. L.A. Law. Loved it. Uh, no. Um, I, 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 yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm... I'm uh, certainly, John M. Chu is a fantastic director. Certainly, Lin-Manuel Miranda is in, in a creative force. And so we'll see how it pulls off. But I know that people like Hamilton more than In the Heights. Look, I think Hamilton so. is a whole different level than In the Heights. That's I think, what I mean. I think In the Heights is a gorgeous show. Like, In the Heights mm-hmm. is where I fell in love with Lin-Manuel Miranda before he was, in quotes, Lin- right. before he was blue checkmark Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, I, w- I was like, this is a musical. <laughs> I've never heard a musical like this. I love it. I yeah. love the music. I love this story. Uh, it's just beautiful. Hamilton is like a seminal moment in theatrical history. Right. Like it's it's a he, that he definitely leveled it's a wicked, up. It's a wicked level. Yeah, yeah. If not more so. I okay. mean, like it, it it leveled it up. But uh, but like I think I think at the time we live in right now, to your point, uh, a movie with an entire Latino cast that really yeah. is about the experience of living in Washington Heights, about being a minority, about all these things. It's about so many things that are so important right now. Yeah. And the fact that you have Lin-Manuel Miranda, John M. Chu, all these people that are like championing this movie that is about the immigrant experience yes. in, in the United States. Like there's just so many things that are there. I think I think it's a really important movie that also is going to look fucking fabulous. Yeah. And who doesn't want important and fabulous together? It's like the best combination. <laughs> fabulous. <laughs> all right. Well, that does it for our geek uh, news items conversation portion of the Geek Buddies. Uh, let's take a break and listen to our sponsors that we do uh, read the copy for. And then when we come back, uh, we'll jump into our main topic. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back. Uh, thank you so much to the three of us for uh, doing those sponsorships and the sponsors for sponsoring our show. That was, that was well done. I was more excited than last week. I was yeah, good. I, was I know. Good. I'm, I'm taking I appreciate your notes. It. I appreciate it. I'm <laughs> taking your notes. Um, so as many of you know, and I'm sure you, if you're fans of the Geek Buddies, and you're, that means you're a geek, I'm sure you know, there was a New York Times article that came out a day. Uh, as we're recording this, came out yesterday. Uh, it was written by Dave Itzkoff, who writes incredibly great stuff for the New York Times. It's called, Will Star Wars Stick the Landing? J.J. Abrams Will Try. This set the internet afire. Uh what had just all come together and unified into a hands-across-America kumbaya moment over Baby Yoda <laughs> has been split – has been ripped asunder again by this article. And now it is Team JJ, Team Ryan Johnson. It is Team Kelly Marie Tran, Team John Boyega. It is all happening all over again right before the film is supposed to come out. And I think this is such – I'm so sad about it. I'm not even mad about it. I'm just extremely sad about it because we have – we rode out The Last Jedi and Lucasfilm and Star and Star Wars and Disney put out The Mandalorian and people love – yeah, there are some people who don't like The Mandalorian. But overall, The Mandalorian has been re- received really well. It's the Baby, best, best Western on TV. <laughs> 
<laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> because it is only a West. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Right, hold on. Both. Hold on. You were on a roll. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, Keep but, going. But Baby Yoda brought us. Baby Yoda, uh, like, healed the divide. People, people reached across the aisle again to hold hands and remember why they fell in love with Star Wars. And now this article comes out and just, just fucking dropped a nuclear bomb. On but except, let's fandom. be clear. The article didn't drop a bomb. Okay, fair. Fair. The article is a perfectly fine article. That's a fair point, That's like, Michael. here's the process of what happened from, Force, from like, mm-hmm. Disney buying Lucas to making Force Awakens to making Last Jedi yeah. to Colin Trevorrow getting, you know, removed. Yeah. And to J- here's why J.J. came back on. Mm-hmm. Like a growth. Like a growth. <laughs> um, I had and one of those. in a huge article that has a lot of really interesting, fun things about it and, yes. like, talks about a lot of really cool stuff, there are... Three quotes yeah. in a huge article that got ripped out of that article and splashed across the internet, and I am just tired. Yeah, I am tired of people trying to make points about something. And again, it's like it's like we were talking before that that nobody, nobody at the studios, nobody working on the movies cares about. As much as everybody fighting on Twitter about this. Yeah, yeah, right. It's insane to me. If you liked Last Jedi like I did, mm-hmm. great. Yeah. If Last Jedi didn't do it for you like it, like is the case for Shannon, great. Yeah. We are all allowed to disagree on movies. JJ's back. Be happy about it. We're all – if you liked Last Jedi or you didn't like Last Jedi, we're all excited to see what JJ's going to do with Rise of Skywalker. Right. Why we have to – Litigate and relitigate and relitigate Last Jedi over and over again is absolutely beyond me. I do yeah. not understand why this doesn't just like just let it be. Just yeah. let it just let it go. Yeah. Just Elsa the fuck out of this shit. Yeah. Let yeah. it go, Snowman. Yeah. I mean, I've I've not you know, I mean you guys certainly know my feelings about Last Jedi. Yeah. And that for the Rise of Skywalker, I'm, I have said emotionally many times, detached. I'm emotionally detached. Mm-hmm. Now that does not mean <laughs> that I think Star Wars is ruined. Yeah, um, that does not take away the enjoyment that I had from the original trilogy. It didn't take away from the excitement that I had from the prequels, which mm-hmm. then bit me in the butt. Even getting bit in the butt, I'm like, you know what? It's still Star Wars, right? And it's still, uh, you know, Mike has said this in the past. I'm going to steal this. I'm going to steal this quote from. Was you. it smart? It was real smart. Steal it. <laughs> toot toot. Toot toot, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, the amounts, the, the positive anticipation you have leading up to a movie, even if the movie doesn't deliver, it's like, you know what? But I had eight months of excitement yeah. leading up to this, even if I didn't like it. I mean, Indiana Jones 4 broke my heart. Oh, man. But no that didn't change the first three movies. That didn't change the excitement I got when I watched that first teaser trailer for it and you see the silhouette of Harrison Ford right. and the fedora. Um, I, I hope beyond hope that Rise of Skywalker is everything that I want. Um, and I won't get into what the clip is, but the clip that they released today that I watched, I was like, yeah. oh, wow, this is – this is interesting. I'm yeah. I'm a little excited now. I'm, you are excited. Uh, based off of that clip. Okay. Well, that's good. Let's backing up yep. a little bit yep, because we didn't really dive into this. So if you don't know what we're talking about, right. there is a wonderful New York Times article, as John said. You should check it out. Mm-hmm. It actually is a great read. Yeah. Here are the three things that were said Breaking that down. blew the internet apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in, in talking about The Last Jedi mm-hmm. – 
Uh, it says, J.J. Abrams praised Last Jedi for being full of surprises and subversion and all sorts of bold choices. On the other hand, he added, it's a bit of a meta approach to the story. I don't think that people go to Star Wars to be told this doesn't matter. Even so, Abrams said, The Last Jedi laid the groundwork for Rise of Skywalker and a story that I think needed a pendulum swing in one direction in order to swing it in the other. Mm -hmm. That's the big one. So we'll break that one down in a minute. And then the other two pieces were um, from um, Daisy Ridley. When it was announced that Abrams was indeed returning, his actors breathed sighs of relief. I cried, Ridley said, explaining that the director brought a comforting sense of structure and security. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is... Boyega said he was glad that Abrams would get to finish the tale he'd begun in episode seven. Even as a normal person in the audience, I wanted to see where that story was going, Boyega mm-hmm. said. Yeah. So those are the three quotes that people have taken on Twitter to say in the New York Times, both J.J. Abrams and Daisy Ridley and John Boyega have clearly said they hate Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson was a horrible director, and they're so glad that he's back because Last Jedi was the worst experience ever. Sea right. World, we were right. Last Jedi is horrible. Except for one thing, that's not what they say. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not what is stated here. And also, let's just be really clear. With the 95,000 Disney and Lucasfilm PR people that are standing there while they are doing these interviews, like, even if they all hated the movie, which maybe they did. Maybe they do. Like, I'm not going to sit here and speak and tell – I'm not going to argue just because I love Last Jedi Mm -hmm. that they love Last Jedi. But you also can't argue that based on these quotes, they hate Last Jedi, particularly Mm -hmm. the big quote, which is J.J. Abrams, um, because he said not just in this article but others that even though Ryan Johnson doesn't make movies the way he does, he was like sort of – he actually has stated that the chances that Ryan Johnson took in Last Jedi made him more comfortable doing something – doing stuff different in Rise of Skywalker, Mm. whereas with Force Awakens, he was very – Reverent. Uh, Reverent. Yeah, yeah. Um, But actually saying, you know, it's a bit of a meta approach. I don't think that people go to Star Wars to be told this doesn't matter. Even so, uh, a story that I think needed a pendulum swing in one direction in order to swing in the other, which is kind of just reaffirming what he had said previously, which is we swung so far one way in Last Jedi Mm -hmm. that it allowed us to swing this far back in the other way for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Now, did he hate Last Jedi? Maybe he did. Maybe he don't. Maybe maybe he don't. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. None of us do. And I can guarantee you he's not going to say it if he did. Right. Um, But nothing in this article confirms or denies that either. Like it's everybody playing Mm. nice and saying what they're saying about these movies and saying, here's what Last Jedi did and here's why we did what we did in Skywalker. Right. Okay. I don't 100% agree with you. Go for it. But I think you make excellent points. Absolutely. I just think when he says, I don't think people go to the theater – to see something not matter in Star Wars. I think that's an important thing for him to say. And he's essentially alluding to the lightsaber being thrown over his shoulder that Luke did. Well, to many things. Also, raise parentage. Oh, right, right. Raise parentage or whatever. Which I don't... <laughs> maybe. I'm more focused on the lightsaber. I think raise parentage could have gone either way. And so I don't put that onto the quote, but maybe you're right. Uh, I just think the lightsaber is the big thing. And I remember... Because this has kind of died down for me and I had forgotten and moved past it. But I remember how angry people were about that moment. Yep. You know, how traditional Star Wars fans were super upset that you would toss away something that was so big, especially because J.J. made such a massive deal about it in Maz Kanata's castle or a, a place of her getting that lightsaber, her returning it to Luke, getting the map and finding where Luke is to have him toss it over his shoulder and not fight. That was such an insult to a lot of fans. So I think J.J., is saying in a very political way, 
that I appreciate everything Ryan did. I like that he had the guts to do the things that he did, but I wouldn't have made these decisions. And that is what's fueling the people who already had the bubbling under the the green, the, the pink slime, the whatever it is. Sorry, <laughs> the slime under the surface who are already like uh, uh, ready to jump at a moment's notice on anything that goes against Last Jedi have been woken back to life. It validated their concerns. Right. It validated concerns. And there are a lot of people in the sphere that I work in who claim that J.J. has made it known behind the scenes how much he did not like. That might be true. And I don't know if it's true. That might be true. Again, I'm not, I am not arguing one way or the other. Right. Um, And you make good points as well. I mean, that is absolutely true. Like to say that like people don't go to Star Wars to say that things don't matter. Um, I also think more lightsaber than raised parentage, but yeah. uh, is is what he's referring to. Well, but it's in general, to Luke, but yeah, more more to the Luke of it all. Because essentially, Luke was thrown over; he threw himself over his shoulder. But essentially, at the end of the day, why? Like, look, I'm watching the prequels right now. Yeah, I watched uh, Phantom Menace two days ago. I'm I watched sorry. Attack of the Clones today, and I'm watching Revenge of the Sith tomorrow. It is not easy to watch. <laughs> yes, I know they are not great. Um, but they exist, yes, and they are a part of Star Wars canon. And so, as I'm prepping for Rise of Skywalker, I'm watching them, and I will say that watching them—I haven't watched them in so long—and mm-hmm. uh, I've watched Clone Wars, and I've watched Rebels, and I've watched all the animated stuff in the interim. And so, watching them now, it's easier to watch them and yes. go, "Here's the stuff that's clearly awful, and here's some stuff that actually wasn't so bad. Here's yeah. some stuff that actually they took and made better in Clone Wars. Here's some good stuff that they did." And you go, "Okay, like." Prequels not my cup of tea. I have a lot of friends who are younger than me, yeah. who are geeks, who prequels are. They will argue with me till they are blue in the face that the prequels are way better than I think they are. That's their original trilogy, and that's their original trilogy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's fine. So I guess like whether JJ doesn't like Rise of Sky, uh, Last Jedi, mm-hmm. whether Daisy Ridley and John Boyega prefer JJ over Ryan Johnson, like whether any of this stuff is true. Here's what's true: a lot of people love Last Jedi. Yeah. And a lot of people hate Last Jedi. Yeah. And it's clearly the most divisive Star Wars movie, including the prequels. Right. And that's great. That is now a part of Star Wars history. Right. We are eight days away <laughs> from the last Star Wars movie in this saga coming out. Right. And Ryan Johnson's not directing it. If Ryan Johnson was directing it and everybody was really nervous, is he going to subvert expectations again? Is he going to fuck with me? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? Yeah. Then fine. I get it. But like – it, there is no there is no JJ cut of Last Jedi. Right, like Ryan Johnson did it. It exists. That's what happened. And hopefully JJ picked up the ball and took the pieces of what Ryan did. And whether you like them or dislike them or whatever, JJ is going to do some stuff with them. Yeah. And I think the way more interesting part of the article is JJ admitting that he knows that he has a reputation for not sticking the landing, yeah. and he is now about to stick. One of the biggest landings in cinematic history. Well, you know, it's a smart – and I, Shannon, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You know, it's always to – it's better to underpromise and overdeliver. So yeah. We go, what, well, no. I was going to uh, speak to what Daisy Ridley said and John Boyega yeah, yeah. said. More to John Boyega. Okay. But like with Daisy Ridley saying that they breathe the sigh of relief, you know, making those movies – well, I imagine is very, very difficult. I want to clarify. The the writer says that they breathe the sigh of relief. She says, I cried. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Which is – I think it's even stronger. 
emotion to have right. than breathing Cry, sigh Crying is stronger than breathing. <laughs> <laughs> or sighing. But going into the production of one of these movies where you don't know who the captain of the ship is, mm-hmm. um, it's it's probably it, – it's pretty daunting. Like who, who am I going to have to work with every day for X amount of months? Right. So finding out that, oh, it's my old friend is coming back. Thank goodness. Right. And to what John Boyega said um, – For as divisive as The Last Jedi is, the one thing that both sides seem to agree on is Canto Bite bad. Yes. And when you're – the crux of your story in the second movie is the one thing that everyone agrees on is bad. Yeah, he probably came out and was like, yeah, that sucked. I I hate that I was looped into the one thing that everybody didn't enjoy. Well, I would argue that the entire Finn storyline sucks in my opinion. They've put Finn through an incredible amount of cheesy bullshit in both of these installments. Now, that's a pilot. That is some dumbass shit. And I think – and then him running around with those cords coming out of him and liquid – they have played him for jokes the whole time. And it's offensive. And if I was John Boyega, I wouldn't be happy uh, either. And I'd be hoping J.J. will at least bring back some of my dignity – that I feel I lost in Last Jedi. And and I I can understand that. I can respect that. And 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 maybe that's where he's coming. I'm just guessing that might be where he's coming from. I wouldn't agree about Force Awakens that he was played for jokes. I mean, I'm not arguing that that line that like that's a hell of a pilot that right. that's a great line of dialogue, right. but it really seemed like his story went in a direction he didn't like for the second film. And right. he's said that in interviews. Yes. He's like, you know, J.J. has said, you know, we're really going to get me – we're really going to get me back on track essentially. Right, right. And, and he brought in Mark Hamill into this <laughs> by saying Mark, Mark didn't like the movie either or something like that, you know. And I, I think I, – I was we were saying at dinner before we came on. I can imagine Mark Hamill just waking up and like, you know, put, getting his oatmeal, sitting down at the table, opening up Twitter and going, oh, my God. And, you know, <laughs> just like being wrapped up back into this bullshit. So – um, you know, what do you think about Daisy saying I cried? Now, is that just a, a normal – like do you think because she left Twitter off of Last Jedi and so did Kellen Reach, all social media. By the way, yeah. I would have left Twitter off of Last Jedi if no I was shit. in that movie. Like, I, like, like, I, yeah. I, I don't think Twitter sometimes realizes what Twitter is like. Oh, I think there are plenty of people on Twitter who realize what Twitter is like and want to use it to destroy people. And that's a shame. Well, that is a shame. Right. But um, I hear what you're saying. There's enough people. I, who don't. I'm, I'm being nicer about saying that I think that a lot of people just go on Twitter and like spout their opinions, and I think that sometimes they don't realize that when you are the recipient, uh, you know, like you're 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 sitting at home on Twitter yeah. and you hate something, and you at the person who wrote it, or you at the person who directed, it, or you at the person who was right, in it, right, and you're right. like, I hate that you ruined this for me, and you don't realize that when you're that person, you're getting that times. 25,000. Right. The commutative nature of all those like It's, it's yeah. all kind of tur- coming into this like mob mentality yep. that just sort right. of overtakes your phone. Um, and I think people don't realize the toll that that takes on people. Well, I mean, it's happened to John. I mean, it's well, happened where the, people... Well, oh, shouldn't have said it was a West. <laughs> <laughs> or was not. <laughs> right. And by the way, that was a tough day. And that was a microcosm. Oh, believe me. Microcosm. I said some shit about Zack Snyder one day and my phone blew up before th- literally three days. Yeah. Um, so I nuts. get it. it. So I guess what I'm saying though is to your point, mm-hmm. I actually agree 100% with Shannon. It is equally as likely that Daisy Ridley was 
relieved that Colin Trevorrow wasn't directing the movie. Sure. Or it's equally as likely that she didn't know who was going to be directing the movie and was glad it was someone who had the Star Wars experience who she knew. Right. Or maybe she just really, really likes JJ. Maybe they yeah. have an awesome time together yeah. and they're besties and she cried because, oh my God, my bestie. Like, like it could be one of a billion things. So I think everybody grabbing onto it and making it mean what they want it to mean right. is just, again, it's like, Look, we've lived through the pre- prequels, guys. Mm-hmm. We've been through some shit. Like, Carrie Fisher passed away, and we're still getting Carrie Fisher in this movie, and mm-hmm. it's not CG Carrie Fisher. It's like it's actually her. Like, like there's so many things that go on with Star Wars. It's this bigger, larger-than-life thing. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, if everybody took a step back and said, look, you hate Last Jedi. I love Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do we love Star Wars? Great. Let's all hold hands, yeah. hold Baby Yoda in a little papoose, and go see this movie. <laughs> yeah, and we'll see. I mean, we should also bring up what was the other quote? What was the third? Did we bring up the third quote? The, the Kelly Marie Tran thing. Oh yeah, that? yeah. Should we? We should bring that up as well, shouldn't we? What he said about. Uh, um, let me let me find it. You guys, uh, uh, vamp for a second. Let me find it here because I know it was a big big deal. Hey Shannon. Hey Mike. Do you like Last Jedi? <laughs> Not, not especially. There, there's I, moments of it that I like. There's moments of it that I think are problematic, but I really love it. Would you like to go see Rise of Skywalker next uh, Thursday? Only if we're bringing 100 people. I mean, we're bringing 108 people. Oh, my gosh. That's even more than I asked for. Well, All right. then there you go. Here we go. I How was that vamping? I mean, it was very good. We call, like that, we call that modeling good geek behavior. Oh, it's a new good. segment on Geek Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we were coming up with segments? All right. Uh, so <laughs> this was in an interview with Variety on December 11th. Is that today? December 11th? Was yeah. No. Yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. <clears throat> he said, uh, asked about the social media situation. He said, being in this position, you just understand the masses, how the masses think, you know. Through social media, we get to engage. We get to have fun. But at the same time, for those who are not mentally strong, you are weak to believe in every single thing that you read. That's, you know, it is what it is. I don't know. For me, anyway, when I see that backlash, I'm like, well, that's actually not true. But no, it is actually not true. So it's kind of like whatever. It is what it is. But to engage, to connect with the fans who otherwise wouldn't get a day-to-day experience, especially during things like the press tour and behind-the-scenes stuff, is always good. So a lot of people took this and meant that he was going after Kelly Marie Tran. It's funny how he's not going after Daisy Ridley, who also left social media. He's going after Kelly Marie Tran, supposedly. Yeah, this is this weird thing, like... That's not what he's saying. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he's saying. Because, I know what he's saying. Okay, it's a very like he's making a normal statement that you would make when some like yeah. it, it's kind of what I was just saying. Like anybody who's dealing with social media is getting, and you're at the Star Wars level, right? I, I can say it for, at being at the My Little Pony of social media, which is like training wheels, yeah. for like what these people are at. Like you are getting added all the time about people who love you, people who want to be best friends with you, people who hate you, yeah. people who think you ruin their life. Like like you're getting all of those things. And what he's saying, which is true, yeah. is you just have to kind of mentally be like, is that true or is that not true? Mm-hmm. It, it's not true. All right, I'm moving on. I can't let all this stuff get to me. And that right. is a perfectly normal statement and that is a perfectly accurate way that most people dealing with any level of celebrity right. have to deal with social media. What Kelly Marie Tran dealt with, um, which is the same thing that like what Leslie Jones dealt with and a yeah. lot of other women and particularly women of color deal with, yeah. is so much more toxic yes. and so much nastier. And I don't think that when John Boyega was asked about how he deals with social media, he was thinking about Kelly Marie Tran 
at all. Mm. I think he was responding in the way that he deals with it. And with the way he's dealing with it totally makes sense. The way that some of these women and particularly women of color, like I said, get just attacked and just like it's not the you're a horrible actor. I hated you in the movie. It's right. so much worse. Like you shouldn't and nastier exist. and just disgusting yeah. that it's a whole other thing. And I don't think he was. It's the same thing as um, uh, no, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot are not saying right. that the trash can in Wonder Woman is the Zack Snyder verse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's not secretly going after. It's not like he's sitting there and someone says, hey, what do you think of social media? And he's like. I fucking hate how Kelly Marie Tran <laughs> has been milking this shit. I'm going to get her. Here's how I'm going to answer this. I'm going to make some subversive statement. Like, it's bullshit. Like, shut yeah. up, everybody. Yeah. That's not what's happening. Well, and a lot of people, a lot of pundits came out. Uh, from what I saw on, on Twitter, it was more female than male, obviously, who felt that he was uh, not being se- he was not being sensitive to mental health issues, not being sensitive to what she experienced. And as Michael brought up, the toxicity of being a woman of color on Twitter, a famous woman of color on Twitter, you are subjected to a lot of really ugly comments. And Kelly Marie Tran said, the problem was I started to believe them. Yep. That's why she got off. And thank God for her getting off the uh, thing. He, he, he apologized on Twitter today. He said, in no way was I referring to Kelly when I made my comments. Although the interviewer mentioned her given the topic, I was really speaking from my own perspective throughout this franchise. Sometimes I felt strong and sometimes I felt weak. Badly worded, though. I apologize. My comments on Kelly specifically and online harassment remains the same via tweet. I put out a few years ago, which was in 2018. If you don't like Star Wars or the characters, understand that there are decision makers and harassing the actors, actresses will do nothing. You're not entitled to politeness when your approach is rude, even if you paid for a ticket. Yeah. 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 And so I think, but I think that's the thing is like, I think it's really hard in the world that we live in today to make sure that every answer you give to every single question is being sensitive to every single person who's ever experienced a thing that is be or being questioned about. Right. It's a lot. So when somebody asks you how you deal with social media and people responding to you, yeah. yes, if you in the moment actually can remember that a lot of people deal with it a lot worse than you and yep. that you need to say, well, look, for some people, it's really, really bad. And the toxic levels that that goes to, I don't know how you deal with it. For me, I deal with it this way. Yes, then you made the better answer. Right. But I think like attacking somebody for a completely normal answer to a question and beyond that, implying that they are somehow going after someone who they work with it's just crazy talk. Like, yeah. like what? Like, why has Twitter gotten to the point of like everything is crazy talk? Yeah. Well, it's ironic because the same people who are saying why are people exploding about Last Jedi are the same people who are now jumping down Boyega's throat. Yeah. There's a there's an inconsistency in behavior uh, throughout this whole thing of Twitter. It's nuts. You know, the same people who would jump down the throat about something. Like I said this today. I think on on Collider Live. I said it's funny that the same people who had to defend the prequels to the original trilogy bashers are bashing the new trilogy and defending the prequel trilogy. And like, don't you understand you're doing the exact same thing you were a victim of for a number of years? How do you not have the perspective to understand that you've become what you, what's that line in in Untouchables? I've become what I beheld. You've become what you beheld. And in in that way, you're just increase, or you're uh, passing the toxicity on to the next generation instead of, Making a stand. Listen, man. To change. Anger. That's the path to the dark side. Yeah, good point. Well, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. suffering. Yeah. And Baby Yoda. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, I, I think uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we're you know we're near the hour mark on on the show, and um, I, I think it was a good conversation. I yeah. thought we had a really good conversation about where it's going to go and what's going to happen. Um, I'm I'm just sad because, and I want to actually uh, let's ask you guys this as I end this uh, as we end this. Um, should they have held out on this article until after the movie came out? No, really, because. I guarantee you nobody reading this article mm-hmm. – No, I mean nobody writing this article and none of the editors of the New York Times looking at this article said, yeah. guys, I think we might start a shitstorm here. Mm. These shitstorms get started and nobody sees them coming. Right. This, yeah. is a, this is a perfectly good article to come out the week before a movie comes out right. to hype the movie with two of the leads and the director talking about it's a big step. It's a huge movie. Here's how we got here. Like right. this is a completely average – Article, yeah, and I mean it's it's a good article. It's very yes. well written, very researched. <clears throat> it's very well written. It's very yeah. informative. It's very interesting. Yeah. But there's nothing in here that is like wave a red flag. Right. No one could have foreseen the reaction okay. that was coming. Okay. I I don't 100 percent agree with you guys, but I respect your opinions. I think I think na- and nowadays people want the clicks. They want the clickbait. They want to inspire. Anger because anger means more clicks, uh, and you can write multiple articles that connect. I mean, I, I fully. Believe- I mean, look, we look. I mean, look. We're we're sitting here talking about how stupid it is, and we've also spent the majority of this episode talking about <laughs> this article and the quotes and what they possibly meant. Right. So we're doing the exact thing that we're saying everybody's crazy for doing, right, and we're right. gonna post this and say, "Hey, talked about the New York Times article. Check right. out our thoughts." So we're doing the same thing, but I feel like we're doing it to try to find positivity. Well, I just think that. I guess like where I would want to where I would want to end this for me yeah, yeah, yeah. is just imploring everybody to be like, look, as I said, I'm finding stuff in the prequels that I think is not horrible. Yeah. There's some fun stuff in the prequels. There's, there's some, some good stuff, Star Wars moments. And there's some stuff that I look at and I know what uh, a lot of the people, what Filoni and a lot of the people did with Clone Wars took some stuff that I thought was not good and turned it into gold mm-hmm. in Clone Wars and Rebels. And I think that um, – and I will say absolutely – what I can say for sure about Force Awakens and Last Jedi is that there is more good than bad in both of those movies there to me. Um, and even if one or both of those movies is not your cup of tea, yeah. like this is an awesome thing. It's the end of Star Wars. Let's all like take a moment and say, look, we don't all have to agree on everything and we all hate some of it and we all love some of it and mm. some of it is super cheesy and some of it is super epic and mythological. Let's all just see how this ends and let's just sit with it for a minute and go from there. Yeah. 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 All the all the good stuff that happened before, a movie that you may not necessarily enjoy, it doesn't invalidate your experiences. Right. You know, you still have that positivity. You still have that fun. And, uh, you know, hopefully people get back to that. Yeah, and, I, and that's I agree with both of you, and I think that's the thing at the end of the day. Like, remember when you love Star Wars? Go love it for one more time. See what happens. You might enjoy the movie, and then you can at least close the chapter in a positive way, and just move on. And I think the other thing that was the last thing I was going to say, but I have one more last thing to say. This no. is my last last okay, thing. Okay. Um, this is the epilogue to the epilogue. Well. <laughs> I just, it just it just strikes me this that is like the Return of the King. <laughs> oh God! No. There better not be six goddamn now, endings. Now I'm going back. Now I'm going back to the Shire. <laughs> well, but actually, that's my point. With Lord of the Rings, yeah. or Harry Potter, or Game of Thrones, mm. or most of these other big epic brands, once you get to the end, yeah, you're at the end, and they either did it great or they didn't. Right. The thing that's different about Star Wars that's going to be fascinating is that this saga, the Skywalker saga, is ending next week. Yeah. But we have another Star Wars movie coming out in two years. We do. 
And nobody knows what that's going to be. It's not going to be the Skywalkers. Right. It's not going to be part of this. It's a whole new thing. So I think the other thing that's great is even if this doesn't do – even if you feel like they never quite got the Skywalker saga correct. Yeah. There's more stories to be told as we're seeing with Mandalorian and there's a lot more to come and yeah. someone's going to do something that you're going to love. And there's a lot of talented people who are on this train now who want to do Star Wars. Look at all the great directors that are doing Mandalorian and look at Deborah Chow who people went crazy for from that episode. Who's doing Obi-Wan. Who's doing Obi-Wan. So there's a lot of positivity moving forward whatever the results of the movie are and that's really – and do your part in it in that if people want to engage you in a battle, how about you just go – no, I don't want to partake. That could be your small effort to end the toxicity around Star Wars. Just a thought from the Geek Buddies. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Geek Buddies. We always appreciate you all downloading the episode and, of course, appreciate even more commenting and, and sending us tweets and whatever uh, on our social media. I'll let the gentleman tell you everything we need to do. Yeah, if you would like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel for both platforms, it's at MKTune for Mr. Roca at the Roca Says. There you go. And Mike? Um, uh, as Roca said at the beginning of the podcast and just now, like, uh, rate us, give us stars, give us comments, uh, both wherever you're watching it and on Twitter, uh, retweet us, tell other people about us and, you know, let us know what are your favorite samurai movies? What are your favorite Westerns? <laughs> you know what? Like, let's just talk about it and we'll have a conversation. It'll be great. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's, uh, that's the best way to end, uh, this episode of... The Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.